Reaction Monday as the Bruins take down Bowling Green. Was it good? Was it bad? It wasn't either. Wasn't really impressive. Wasn't particularly disappointing. Actually, kind of was. We'll get to that in just a moment as we welcome in, you in to Locked On UCLA on Reaction Monday on this Labor Day week. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, it's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, your host for Locked On UCLA, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and diehard Bruins fan. Yes, diehard enough to even sit miserably in the Rose Bowl amongst the two other people alongside me to cheer on the Bruins to a 45-17 victory over Bowling Green. So once again, if you're sitting there with me, I thank you for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. Locked On UCLA, you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. It's on YouTube. You can subscribe. We're almost at 100 subscribers. Let's try it by week three. Let's try to get to 200 subscribers. Maybe? No? We'll see. If you want to subscribe, comment, like, follow, rate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. Meanwhile, let's get our hands up in the air and get a Bruin 8 clap going as we say, all right, let's go. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, UCLA, UCLA, fight, fight, fight. As we welcome you in here to the show, our first one since UCLA beat down and also was slightly embarrassed by Bowling Green. We'll get to that in just a moment. So UCLA, let's get to the numbers. They beat Bowling Green. The big thing is they are 1-0. You get this cupcake schedule. You're supposed to be 3-0 heading into Colorado and proverbially, you know, just simply 4-0 by the time you get to Washington at home. That's kind of what the schedule lines itself up to be. Bowling Green out of the MAC, they showed you their strength, which was their defense. And might you might laugh at me, their strength was their defense. They did give up 45 points, but that's probably because a lot of the Bowling Green players, if any of you were able to watch on Pac-12 Network, which I'm assuming was a few of you and the few of us who were in the, the Rose Bowl that day, could feel how incredibly brutally hot it was as Bowling Green continued to wilt on the field uh, in that second half. They had so many cramping stoppages it was remarkable and yes it was a hot game most people couldn't handle that heat and bowling green compared to ucla certainly was not ready to be conditioned for that pasadena rose bowl-esque heat not the crowd they were afraid of it was the heat that truly became the biggest factor for the bruins in their favors they're well conditioned ready to go i'm not sure i saw a single bruin cramp up in that second half and they pulled away going away so recapping the game rather quickly we'll go UCLA blocked punt by Bowling Green. They returned it for a touchdown. DTR does his thing, runs around like a madman in all the best ways, makes a 68-yard touchdown happen just by his feet on a third and four. We're tied up at seven. Bruins then find themselves, after a slew of more miscues, down 10 points in that second quarter, 17-7, to seven before scoring, coming down, kicking a field goal, tying the game at 17 and then taking a 24-17 lead right before the half because of a Keegan Jones 50-yard reception turned into a touchdown, just weaving through the field. One of three 50 yards or more 
touchdown plays, big plays for the Bruins all throughout this one against Bowling Green. UCLA taking a 24-17 lead at the half. And at the end, they actually outscored Bowling Green 38 to nothing after they took that early 10-point lead Did the Falcons of Bowling Green State University out of the MAC, but they just didn't have the athletes, were not ready to deal with the heat, and UCLA was just better. That's just the case of it. That's what these first few games will be. UCLA was better, but there are some signs for concern for the Bruins. When you have so many miscues in the first game, and yes, you can see the sloppiness here and there. The first play was a little dump-off pass, and it turned into a holding call, and you get those weird feelings. Sometimes you look too much into week one's first plays of the game, miscues here and there. But you watch all summer, all spring, fall camp, leading into this week one matchup against Bowling Green, and you really don't want the first play to lead itself into a penalty. And then the first drive to end on a easy stop by Bowling Green defensively, that first drive, you're all coached up, everything's coming at you. And then the first special teams play of the day turns itself into a blocked punt for a touchdown. You blink, you're barely a minute in the game, and the Bruins are finding themselves down 7 nothing. That's not exactly UCLA what they wanted. It's one thing, say, they did a trick play, Bowling Green had gotten the ball first, scored a touchdown, but the fact that their inept offense was unable, didn't have to score, didn't have to move the ball, and they got 17 points was quite alarming for the Bruins, but all that in due time. UCLA down 7 nothing, stopped early, they had big play touchdowns, DTR doing it on the in the air, not exactly throwing it deep, but just quick little shuffle screen passes on slants, hitting the tight end, a little mini seam routes. Again, a lot of times finding Keen Casimir Allen, Casimir Allen, finding him on little short passes to Zach Charbonnet, Keegan Jones, especially getting that big play at the end, Ethan Garbers getting a big play to, I believe, Isaiah Norwood for almost 50 yards. So lots of big plays throughout the game for the Bruins. Sloppiness galore. You had two missed field goals by Barmira, one of 28 yards and the second one of 44 yards. He did make one from just under 30, I believe, and then made all six of his PATs, which if you can count all the miscues on special teams with the Jake Bobo drop punt, him getting lit up on a late fair catch call, everything in between, all things considered, at least like in other games we saw in week one, even late on Sunday night, the day after most teams played on Saturday on September 3rd or September 4th, excuse me, we saw how special teams can affect the game. And it certainly did for the Bruins in the most negative of ways. But it did not cost them the game, and that's the benefit of playing such an easy opponent come this first week. They are lucky that they didn't get handcuffed by a team that would have taken advantage of those miscues earlier. But... Bowling Green with their head coach, Scott Leffler, they're coached up. They came in to play. Matt McDonald only completed 50% of his passes, and Bowling Green got the most of their offensive yardage outside of UCLA miscues on the passing game. Buoyed by a rushing attack that was one of the worst in the nation, only got 37 net positive yards on the ground, and UCLA outgained Bowling Green 626 to 162. We'll talk about that and more going forward into the podcast as we discuss why are there no fans there? Why are we getting ridiculed in the Rose Bowl? And just more to take away. Maybe it's a little positive, a couple more negatives for this first game. Just kind of instant reaction, flow of the brain type of show on this Locked On UCLA. Meanwhile, think about it, folks. 
We need some Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried them yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. They're delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built's done it again. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of make it, making it for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, but it's healthy for you. 160 calories only, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com, snag a box for you and the fam, or just all for you. Perfect treat. You can hoard them. You can hide them. You can eat them. They're healthy, and they're tasty. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for yourself, workout, late-night treat, or just a quick bite, I know after this I'm going to go grab a quick snack. I am hungry. Chunk puffs would be perfect for that. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, the number one five, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. As we get things cooking, segment two of Locked On UCLA, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. You can go follow at Locked On UCLA on Twitter or at Locked On Bruins, I should say. We are Locked On UCLA, and there's my Twitter handle at Zach and Yox. We'll get a little better kind of cycling in with fans. Tweet at us, say, let's go, let's go, Bruins, whatever. Get that eight clap going. Whatever it was for UCLA, battling that over triple digits sweltering heat as we continue to kind of react to that UCLA Bowling Green game. Here's some other hidden numbers I figured we should bring up against the Falcons for UCLA. Some things I thought were were nice for the Bruins. They went two of three on fourth down. Bowling Green also was two of three on fourth down, including a couple of fourth and short gets. Uh, Despite outgaining Bowling Green from a lot to a little, 626, 626 yards to Bowling Green's 162. They didn't have to go that far for their scoring drives, helped by picks, drop punts, and block punts recovered and turned into touchdowns and special teams. UCLA had 30 first downs to Bowling Green's nine. That's that's a solid number when you have an offense as explosive as UCLA's, UCLA's was, amongst the best in the nation at scoring points, just continuing to pile it on, and one of the worst offenses in the country last year, one of the most inept offenses, I would say. They just didn't look like they had it. They couldn't handle the physicality. UCLA having some promising showing defensively, rallying up to some screen plays on the wide side, but also getting beat on some short plays where Matt McDonald on a play action had a receiver wide open on the seam. The UCLA defense bit, and if he hits him, that's a 14-7 bowling green lead, which they didn't take advantage of until a muff punt from Jake Bobo. Other things I thought that were interesting, UCLA actually 10 for 19 converting third downs. A lot of third downs they had to face against the Bowling Green defense, which, as I mentioned in the preview, this is a team that kind of prides itself with Scott Leffler and Eric Lewis, I believe the the defensive coordinator, where they were coached up, they're ready to go, and they were able to move the UCLA offensive line, and the Bruins couldn't get the holes that they wanted for Charbonnet who still had 21 carries, 111 yards, one touchdown, wasn't necessarily overworked offensively for the Bruins, but they certainly didn't get the holes they needed to offensively. Meanwhile, for Bowling Green, they went two for 16 on third down. The Bruins were able to shut them down despite actually losing the turnover battle because of the muff punt and UCLA with DTR throwing that pick early in the game. They actually only forced, quote-unquote, forced the turnover when they snapped it over McDonald's head, the Bowling Green quarterback, and the Bruins recovered it 
returned it for a touchdown, had the touchdown called back on a, another sloppy play, a block in the back, which I'm sure the defense, you, you have to prepare themselves. You, you got to get used to blocking when you get a turnover and you want to turn it into six. They should have done it there on a terrible, terrible snap, which just kind of threw Bowling Green all out of sorts. So a rare kind of win for UCLA against a, a lower-tier opponent from the MAC, but a rare win for the Bruins when losing the turnover battle, when playing as sloppy as humanly possible, and still winning by 28. This is a team that was down 10. No crowd atmosphere, red hot, but they showed in they showed up conditions, ready to play, and for the most part coached up. Just the scary things were won even kind of watching with my dad, who's also a UCLA fan, we went back and forth, looked at the tape a little bit in the beginning. Charbonnet wasn't getting as many holes. They couldn't score on third and goal. They couldn't get too many short yardage plays. It was Charbonnet being a beast. It was Keegan Jones' speed. DTR's athleticism with Kaz Allen's speed that really won the day going on the outside, beating the defenders, just weaving in and out of traffic over what ended up being a weary Bowling Green defense. I believe like 10 times when I was sitting there in the Rose Bowl while also sweating my butt off that Bowling Green in that third quarter went down like flies continually with the heat. And that's what UCLA hung their hat on. The early start time, they're ready to go. Chip Kelly even had comments like, we're, we're here to win football games. They'll come. It's just UCLA has to take care of business as sloppily as they did, as horribly as it was. They did take care of business, walked away with a 45-17 win. In some cases, if you did, depending on what number you got on bet online, they covered. If you got the early number at 31, they didn't cover. If you got the much lower number of 22, 23, maybe you got a lower number than that. The Bruins certainly covered. Put up 45 points, two missed field goals. The Bruins would have put up 50 points and an easy field goal miss from Barmira. The hopes going forward for UCLA, one, no, we, we maybe Jake Bobo's not the guy, punt returning, but you have to remember that first punt return, he looked a little off. He waved the, the late fair catch signal and got pummeled into the grass le- leading into a a timeout, leading into a penalty, excuse me. And then the second one, that's when he muffed it kind of a little shaky. That's what it looked like. I know UCLA had the weird snafu with the, the double jerseys and he had to go put it on. Who knows what that affected him. Maybe UCLA will switch things going forward. They didn't have to, they didn't get to show off their kickoff return game because they kept booting it through the end zone and bowling green. Didn't allow for any returns with the punts being have a good hang time. They had a good punter. And then with their kickoff specialist, Bowling Green didn't allow the Bruins to have any sort of return game whatsoever, including one being kicked out of bounds. So they stayed away from UCLA returning the football all too well. So one, maybe see if Bobo's the right guy to punt return. He did get belted. Barmira, hope he's okay. He just got put on scholarship. He got belted. If you look back on that blocked punt, it wasn't just a loud thud. You could hear that echoing through the Rose Bowl, as cavernous as it seemed on Saturday morning, at that time, Saturday morning, where it got blocked and Barmira was absolutely gut-punched in the stomach when that punt was blocked. He got blocked and it went led to a touchdown. And he got his punts away. He only had one more punt after that for UCLA because they went forward on fourth downs or missed the field goals. And for Barmira, it didn't seem like he was kicking the ball too well. The one field goal he made, more of a helicopter-like spin towards the left upright, and that's all you have to do from that right hash angle. But then push the 28-yarder right, hook the 44-yarder left, and he didn't seem all too comfortable. We hope he's okay, and he hope he wasn't banged up. UCLA 
goodness, if that's your number one kicker, you you hope he feels better. The punting was fine, at least the one punt before the missed block on the block punt, just a free run in at Barmira, nothing he could do there. But the Bruins needing to clean up things, and they were without Cam Brown, without Logan Loya. Those are some key guys on the receiving core that could have helped for UCLA going vertical or different things or returning punts. We'll see how the special teams look. I'm pretty sure Chip Kelly, with Alabama State looming, is looking at his team and saying, we got lucky we won by 28. Different things happened. Bowling Green could have been a lot closer in that game if UCLA didn't get those big plays to counteract all the bad plays. You had the two missed field goals, muff punt, and the, the, the muff punt and the block punt. That's four terrible plays in addition to one fumble from DTR making a run, but it got recovered by Atonio Mafi for a first down Bruins. That's right. That was a nice little fun play there. But you get those three touchdowns over 50 or more yards. You convert more than 50% of your third downs. You, you outgain the opposition a lot to a little. Over 600 yards to Bowling Green's measly 162. Bruins did, they kind of, they felt like they did what they were supposed to do. You look at the numbers, they followed through. They did what they had to do. They won. But it was kind of alarming that it didn't come as easily as it should in the trenches for the Bruins, as sloppy as they looked. But also the positive, they looked well-conditioned. They were ready. And maybe it helps with their conditioning going forward. You get Alabama State and then South Alabama. Hopefully your starters don't have to play too much. But for UCLA, they got their guys in shape, ready to go, and find themselves moving forward into week two. Want to know, that's all you ask. As we kind of move forward to this final segment, kind of talking about why UCLA is moving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten and how many fans were in the building. I was there. It was ridiculous. With my grandfather, it was crazy as we continue to move forward on Locked on UCLA. For the Bruins, you could see in this opening weekend, just slightly recapping the Pac-12 really briefly here, UCLA was able to get the win. USC, they got the win. They beat Rice. They put up a lot of points. They got the 3 o'clock game, so a little less heat in downtown at the Coliseum, but still extremely brutal over there. And you could see why the Pac-12 is slowly crumbling, especially in football. You see Oregon. You go to Georgia, and maybe that was a mismatch in an overhyped Oregon team with you know Georgia's defensive coordinator taking over as head coach. They got blasted 49-3 to in, in a neutral site road game, we'll say. If you play in Atlanta, Georgia against the Bulldogs, it's not going to lead itself to many many big games it's it was a beatdown by the bulldogs and the ducks georgia just absolutely throttled oregon you had utah going on the road had florida on the ropes tried to hold on late gave up the touchdown got themselves in position to win late if not send it to overtime in gainesville choked that away and now it seems like the pac-12's title hopes pac-12 yeah title hopes college football playoff hopes as we're still in the four before we eventually expand to 12 by 2026. 2% chance we get it earlier? Who knows? But by the time we get to the middle of September, Pac-12 hopes have narrowed down to two teams, and it would have been nice. Okay, Oregon loses, that's one thing, but Utah losing is just cru- is just horrible. For UCLA, you see, this is why they're moving to the Big Ten. You can have more chances to win in different sports in terms of the basketballs. You play the higher tier opponents because Big Ten's got big time basketball in addition to their football. And then 
you just see Pac-12, this is why the conference is slowly crumbling. All their games, they get wiped out week one, and they rest on the laurels of two L.A. teams who are still figuring it out. UCLA team that was not impressive, and the USC team that is simply looking at their first-year head coach. We'll see what happens. Going forward into the rest of this UCLA home schedule, though, you got Alabama State and South Alabama to continue this non-conference run. Next week, supposed to be 50% chance of rain, 40% chance of rain, high humidity, high 80s, a little muggy, muggy little, a little ugly there as the Bruins are certainly ready to handle anything that's not 102, 103, maybe 108, wherever you at home are watching, listening, or just dealing with the brutal Labor Day weekend heat. For UCLA, in the Rose Bowl, speaking from my perspective, we sat as close as possible, good viewing, but also the sun was baking. We see all these jokes about why nobody was there. There's a reason why Arizona football, Arizona schools in football don't play any games earlier than 7. It's so hot out, they play late. UCLA played at 11.30 in the morning, got themselves the lowest recorded attendance in Rose Bowl history, one that was almost 30 years ago in the early 90s against Oregon State when UCLA it wasn't a season opener. It was against Oregon State when they lost five in a row and nobody came to the game. The Bruins got 5,000, I believe, less fans reported attendance-wise. In the Rose Bowl, it just seemed like a small gathering of something because it was empty. But let's kind of recount those steps. It was empty, but it was incredibly hot. In my lifetime, I think that might have been what felt like the most unbearable heat in the Rose Bowl I've ever dealt with, especially with the game not at 1230, where you get a little more shade by the press box area. Just a not, not a top-tier opponent. Bowling Green, okay. They came in and fought. They put up their fight. But it's not like UCLA's Labor Day home weekend game last year. That's LSU or the big marquee game that was supposed to be going to Michigan or playing Michigan, having that series canceled, and now they'll turn into conference rivals in the future. It was unbelievably hot. I put on so much sunscreen, and I still feel like I was sunburned, and I have no remnants of any red. I felt heat exhaustion just sitting in the stands. Even DTR mentioned after his 68-yard touchdown run, he was a little gassed running and weaving throughout the touch for his touchdown, running a lot more than 68 yards, going from one sideline to the other. It was hot. If you didn't have water or a couple snacks, shout out to my grandma for giving me a snack or two to bring to that game because it was unbelievably hot. I wanted to tough it out for for good old time's sake, right? You, you're used to a 90-degree day in the Rose Bowl, and as soon as the shade comes, it cools off later, early evening, right? No, 11.30, no shade whatsoever outside of maybe 100 she- seats. Then the shade came up. And by the time of the middle of the third quarter, it was time to go in the shade. That was brutal. Lower tier opponent, UCLA, it's there, it just it was a brutal, brutally hot game. So for all the people, cut some slack. UCLA even gave, I think, what, a 25% discount to people who had tickets and for the uh, for future events just because they toughed it out with how hot it was. Yeah, we hope in the middle of November when the Trojans come to town to the Rose Bowl, it's not 108 like it was throughout the weekend. I think it hit a high of 102. I wasn't checking. I was melting in the Rose Bowl. It was as quiet as I've ever heard it. It was as eerie of a scene in a weird way as I've ever seen. I like going to empty sporting events. I love packed crowds. Don't get me wrong, especially college football. It's built 
to have a full stadium impacting every play and third down. But obviously Bowling Green, two of 16 for third down. That didn't, they didn't need any loud cheers to help disrupt their offense. They got in their own way as they're still looking to fine tune their offensive schemes going forward. But for the Bruins, they need some support. So we hope we can get it to them. And by the time Washington comes to town on Friday night on a nationally televised game, Bruins can be 4-0. That's their favorite in all these games going into that one. And we can get a big crowd on Friday night, and it won't be too hot. Because believe me, unbelievably brutal on Saturday morning into the early afternoon. I don't remember any other time being at the Rose Bowl where it was that horrible of the heat just ripping the soul at everybody, tailgating ridiculously hot, even getting there at like 8 a.m. Just Rose Bowl's awesome, but you can see some of the patches of grass in the parking lot on the golf course kind of slowly withering, withering away, no longer being watered except for the, the true greens or just near the hole. You can see how just the drought's affecting everything and just how hot it was and how brutal it was. And the good thing was UCLA – Condition again, I have to bring that up. Bowling Green dropped like flies in the second half. The Bruins they looked solid when they were playing strong in the second half 38 straight points, 38 unanswered points after trailing by 10 to win it by four touchdowns, 45 to 17. Ethan Garbers with the touchdown pass, everything going their way, outgaining Bowling Green 626 to 162 yards. Big plays of three 50 plus yard touchdown plays. And for the Bruins, just a, a solid effort considering the lack of fans, considering the heat, a, a decently coached up team. Like Bowling Green came to play, just UCLA out-athleted them at the end. And the Bruins will have to fight. It's resiliency to play in the heat, to play in that hot, that lack of atmosphere. And hopefully they can earn themselves. I would love to see the Rose Bowl filled up for the big games this year. You get Utah and you get SC. And while that Utah game isn't going to be as highly rated or highly ranked as a matchup as it could be due to the Utes' early season loss, those are some games we need the UCLA fans to show up for, show out for, and try and get themselves into some Pac-12 title discussions. We'll see how that all plays out. The Bruins are 1-0. Next up, Alabama State, the first HBCU to come in, the first FCS team to come in and play the Bruins ending a lengthy streak of never having done that outside of SC and Notre Dame. But they welcome in Alabama State as they come into town, and we'll see how they perform next week. Obviously, it should be a, a score of, with, with a wide margin of victory, but we'll build that going through the week, kind of detailing what basketball is doing and going forward into a preview and what Chip Kelly continues to say about his team moving forward. The 1-0 Bruins, that's what we've got to be excited about. As we thank you for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. Now go check out your second listen, the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. Eight episodes and extravaganza getting ready for the NFL season that's about to start the next weekend. Local team experts, including all throughout the Locked On Podcast Network and the betting angles from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets. You can combine it into one ultimate NFL preview superior than others. It's on your Odyssey app. YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, the ultimate NFL preview. Go check it out. Meanwhile, for Locked On UCLA, that's going to do it for us. I'm Zach Anderson. Yox, I'm your host. Get your hands in the air, Bruin fans. One last A clap. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U T L A. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. 
This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins!